0: I'd like to welcome Stacy Cameron to the Librarian Influencers Podcast. So, Stacy, welcome here, and can you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your background of working with school libraries?
1: Sure, thank you. So glad to be here. Um, I have been a librarian since 2005, and when I first became a librarian, I was in a small, fast-growing district in the Dallas area, and we were adding new schools every year, and I was actually the only librarian in the district um mm-hmm. and I, so I was the district librarian and eventually we hired four more librarians um and just kind of again one school after the other just grew and grew and um when I left that district in 2012 I'd been there I think about seven years I came to another fast growth district a bigger one in the um uh, Dallas area Frisco, which is where I am now. Right. And I was a middle school librarian there for two years and then the coordinator of library and media services position opened up and I applied for that in 2014 and I have been in that role ever since so this is my seventh year as a library administrator.
0: Okay, and so what, what is the size of your district.
1: We have 70 schools and thankfully 70 certified librarians. We're very thankful to have a a librarian at at every campus. We do not have aides, unfortunately, Mm
0: -hmm. Um, but
1: we have about 63,000 students, I think, and eight or 9,000 staff. So Um, Growing very quickly. We've slowed down a little bit the last couple of years, which has been nice. We were going about four or five schools, new schools a year for a while. Um, We open high school 12 in the fall. And we're currently in I'm sorry, high school 11 in the fall. And then the year after that, or two years after that will be high school 12. And then we've got um, a couple like another elementary and a couple other middle schools coming soon. They're, you know, all being worked on on right now.
0: Okay. Wow. That is a, a lot, in my opinion, a large district. So, wow. Yes. Kudos to you for that. That's, that's great. Okay. So a lot of my listening audience are the early career librarians. And so what do you remember back when you were first starting out? Cause I love for them to hear stories to know they're not going crazy. It's okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We've right. <not> been there.
1: <laughs> it was, um, Yeah hair on fire was a really good way for me to say my first couple of years um, because I said earlier I was in a small district and I was the only librarian and in fact when they hired me as a full-time librarian there was a district librarian but she was part-time and she had been in the district for over 25 years. She didn't order anything online. She didn't really know a lot about technology so she wasn't able to really be that much of a mentor to me that I probably needed as a first year librarian. Um, So I really kind of had to figure a lot of it out on my own. Um, I opened a new school. We had no budget. And so I think I got some grants, you know, like local grants or PTA gave us something, you know, book fair. I did whatever I could to try to get some money. It was a K through three campus. I was in full rotation with no library aid. I had a 30 minute lunch and then my off period was the very last 40, 45 minutes of the day. Um, So I learned, I think during that time, how to manage without a library aid and how to get the kids to help me (laughs) with shelving and, and things like that. So um, it was, it was a, it was a whole lot. Um, I learned a lot in those first two years. Um, I learned a lot about what, about myself, what, what I can and and I think cannot do. And um, you know, what kind of library I wanted. It was a really great experience, but it was a lot. <laughs> a lot.
0: yeah. And so you mentioned having student helpers and I was elementary also, and people are sometimes surprised to hear that you can get little ones to do things, you know, that, that really help you out. Um, do you, do you, yeah. what do you remember about the kind of things they, that you taught them to do?
1: Well, absolutely. And, you know, especially your little ones who are just love to read. And I remember I had, there was one little girl, her first name was Reagan. And um, she wanted to be a librarian when she grew up. And I don't know where she is now. That was, that was what, 2005, 2006. Uh Um, And so she wanted to help. So those kids who just love to read and love everything about the library, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think one of the things that was easiest to teach them was to look at the spine of the book and especially nonfiction, they wouldn't have to put it in the shelf. They could put it up on top of the shelf. So I remember we did that a lot because I'd have two full carts of books that had been returned. Wow. And so they would help me just put the books on top of the shelf and then I could very quickly go through and, and enter phylum
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that helped out That's that helped a out strategy. a lot.
0: That's good really good. I am for myself with my um, my picture book area I, I gave up on keeping them in perfect alphabetical order, I did it first letter only, you know, this was all of the D authors, and then, you know, when the teacher needed a book, whatever, I could find it very quickly, <laughs> but um, that yeah. was something I released, you know,
1: <laughs> well, yeah, and that's what I was thinking when you said that, you know, there are certain things you have to learn to let go, I think, as a librarian, and that is one of them, because so- they'll find the book, they'll find a book that they want. And uh, I think that is one that we tend to get real caught up in as librarians is it all has to be perfect shelf order. No, it really doesn't. As long as it's in a general area, it'll get found. It'll be okay. Um, Focus on the important things that, that stuff will work itself out for sure. For Sure. Definitely.
0: All right. Okay. So still looking back, is there any kind of advice that you wish you would have known back in the early days?
1: You know, I, I had wished um, I wish that I had been able to have a network of librarians to learn from and brainstorm with I have a network of library administrators right now who are just invaluable to me and I learn more about being a library administrator from them, but I never really had that as a librarian early early on those first few years. Um, So I think definitely finding that network is so important for librarians, especially if you're in a district, we've got lots of tiny districts in Texas Mm -hmm. where there's only maybe one or two librarians, but, you know, find, get, get your network, get out there, you know, go to TLA, go to TCEA. It's a great one for librarians too, and get to know people and just starting to learn names and reach out for, for advice and for help.
0: Mm -hmm. Very good. All right. So what kind of work situation are y'all in right now in your district?
1: We are um, face-to-face and then also virtual. So we've got the virtual academy students. Um, I'm actually our, all of our librarians are on campus. I'm actually working, um, working on campus too, or in my office. Um, but we have both face-to-face and virtual, but all of our librarians are back. Um, I'm doing virtual check-ins with them instead okay. of our face-to-face meetings, just because we have 70, it's just too many to get in a room right now. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so we're doing virtual, uh, virtual check-ins, you know, we're full steam ahead in Frisco with new schools, opening library refreshes, mm. you know, all of that. Um, it, it's, it feels like a normal year in some regards, and it feels not like a normal year in a lot of regards, yeah. you know, lots of, lots of grace, but, um, yeah, that's kind of where we are right now.
0: So you mentioned face-to-face and you mentioned virtual academies. Are there any librarians that are dedicated just to like helping the the virtual academy? No, they're actually doing both.
1: So they're, okay. they're face-to-face and virtual for their campus. Okay. And that has been, um, that has been a real struggle this year. And, and, as I'm sure many, you know, librarians listening to this right now would be nodding their head in agreement, you know, because librarians, we want to be all things to all people. And that's really hard this year because you can't be both face-to-face and virtual. And then, you know, we have a lot of, you know, we have lots of some librarians have to sub every once in a while. And again, I know that that's happening everywhere or do lunch duty mm-hmm. or, you know, they're being pulled in so many different directions that I know that that is, um, that is really hard, but they are face-to-face and virtual as much as they can be. They're supporting both groups. Okay.
0: That's good. All right. So with 70 different libraries, uh, I know you've seen a lot of different ways, uh, that they are run, you know, or the the programming is set up, but how would you kind of describe the influence that librarians have at a campus or at a district?
1: That the librarian has, um, You know, I would say that librarians have a lot of influence, and I don't know that they always realize how much influence they have, but as as one of the few people on campus who actually works with every teacher and every student, they really get to know Everyone. I mean, they have, the, they have the opportunity, I should say, to get to know everybody, and that can wield a lot of influence. Um, we have a lot of librarians who are on their instructional leadership teams on campus. So, you know, I think getting, getting in on that, um, if you can, is such an important thing for a librarian, just trying to be in on Um, on everything and and, you know there's so much that happens in a school and there are a lot of things that happen in a school that maybe the librarian isn't necessarily part of or they it's not it's not in their realm of work Mm -hmm. but just to be able to know what's going on on campus I think really helps you to establish those relationships with teachers Mm -hmm. even more deeply because you can you can sympathize, empathize with what they're going through, like, you know, maybe what's happening in the classroom and you can support them better in that way.
0: Uh-huh. Okay, very good. But what about at the district level? What kind of influence, maybe, maybe even talk about yourself? Um, um, well, so for
1: me, you know, uh, I think policies and procedures and making sure that the librarians have access to their resources, making sure all that that's working. I've often said that, you know, I support them so that they have everything they need to be successful um and uh I think so I think some would agree some might not um but that's kind of you know one of the I think I see that as one of the main things that I that I do is that support um and then also just leadership setting the vision for the district mm-hmm. being their cheerleader um you know managing district uh library operations supporting and um uh, kind of advocating for, for them, um, finding out what's happening in the district and where librarians can be, um, can be involved. So a lot of, a lot of what they, a lot of what I do is very similar to what they do, but I'm doing it on a district level Mm -hmm. and they're doing it on a campus level.
0: Okay. All right. And as you look to the future, what, what kind of goals are you setting for the coming year?
1: Well, for me, um, personally, my goals are to continue connecting virtually with all of the librarians. You know, I know there's that Zoom fatigue that everybody's kind of been talking about, and I understand that, but it is gosh, it's been great to really be able to connect with people so easily. And in a district my size, Mm -hmm. I was spinning my wheels, literally driving from campus to campus. It was, I was wasting so much time and I never was able to get to all 70 schools. So to be able to connect with them virtually has really been nice. And I think for librarians on campuses, I think many of them that's now an option that kind of wasn't before, even though zoom has been around and Google meet and like, you know, we've known about these for years, they were never really tools we used other than webinars until before all of this. So, um, you know, connecting with them, helping build relationships um, uh, to support them better, you know, just listening to what's going on in their libraries, because again, it's definitely, just a really difficult year for a lot of people and every campus. And I think this has been really interesting about this year. Every campus is at a different place. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Like normally you can make some generalizations about what's happening on an elementary campus or what's happening on a high school campus, but not this year. Like it is different. Every, every single campus is different. And that's just because of the pandemic and all of the, you know, accommodations that we're needing, that we're needing to make. Um, And then for me too, I always want to work on my coaching skills. Um, That's just kind of continue to be a big goal for me. Um, I I would really love
0: to be a better coach. Okay. Very good. All right. Okay. So you have talked um, about us really taking advantage really of the fact that we are in a pandemic. Some changes are happening. Um, So let's talk a little bit more about that. What would you like to share about what our role is like right now?
1: Well, you know, I think it's just been so interesting back in March, we saw, and in my district, and I know this is true in many, in many districts, I know this is not just a Frisco thing, but we saw librarians doing things they had never done before because we've always had the library and that was taken away. That physical space was taken away. So librarians had to go, but wait a minute, I do have things to offer. I don't need that physical space to be able to support you. I like I am more than that space, which I thought was awesome. I I really do love that. And not that we don't love our library spaces because we do. But I think that message that went out, I think um, educators and principals were like, you know, yeah, wow, she was really helpful. I had librarians who were able to sit in on Zoom meetings who never get to go into collaborative meetings because they're in rotation or they've got classes all day and they don't have an aid. And so I think right now, what I'm what I what I'm hoping, what I'd love to see is for librarians to really kind of take advantage or capitalize on all those great things that, that came out of you know, at April, March, April, May, mm-hmm. and really continue those. And, and even as, you know, we we get the, the vaccine and maybe life starts ter- going back to normal, maybe next school year, really resist the urge to fall back into your old habits. And, you know, what can you take away from what you learned in the spring or what you've learned this first semester since we're wrapping wrapping that up but what can what have you learned that you can continue with your work to transform your work because you know we we talk about trans you know education and librarianship needing this big transformation but yet we kind of see ourselves doing the same things over and over again and so you know maybe this can be the thing that transforms librarians and being that embedded librarian that, you know, we, we've heard that term with um, university librarians for years, then being embedded in courses and like assigned to certain courses, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and that's what our school librarians can be. We're seeing them really
0: more embedded now. I love that term. Mm -hmm. And I hope that that continues. I think at the very, very beginning, it was almost like an identity crisis. Right. I don't have the, the physical space, you know, anymore. So what am I doing <laughs> in, in some cases? But there were others, you know, that were ready and um, they had already entered the tech world and they were ready to, to charge forward with things. Have, what kind of transitions have you seen, you know, among your library staff that, in your area? Um,
1: well, uh, kind of like what you said with with the tech, I mean, it really forced, um, it forced a lot of people, not just librarians, but teachers too, mm-hmm. to, to get to know the technology that they had yeah um, which I think is a good thing that ownership of that so you know I have seen a lot more um, a lot more emphasis on technology. Um, one of the things that I've really loved seeing from our librarians come from come from this is just deeper collaboration with each other. Mm-hmm. We have a Google chat we have one for our high school librarians one for our middle school and one for our elementary and our elementary librarians and there's 43 of those that's the biggest group they they are on fire on that thing just sharing ideas and so that has been really wonderful just to see them really support each other and not that they didn't before because they did I think one of the things that's that I've always loved about Frisco is how collaborative all the librarians are with each other and just willing to share Um, but this has just kind of been next level this year, like really just supporting each other and having each other's back in a way that I had not seen before. And that's been very, um, very exciting to
0: see as well. And thinking about you at the leadership level, once we are back face to face, their time's going to change. I mean, they're face to face, you know, but when there are no more virtual, I think their time's going to be tightened down, you know, even more. So that'll be something for you to look for ways, you know, to keep that momentum going and, um, keep that connection. Absolutely.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It, it, I think it will be, I think it will be different. And that's what I'm saying. I hope we don't go back to what we've always done. Yeah. You know, how can we, now that we're all back face to face, and that may be in the fall, it, you know, it may not be, who knows, know. but know. once we're all back face to face, how can we leverage what we did and learn through all of this to really
0: make this work for everybody? I I would hope that at the central office level that there would be somebody guiding a conversation like that, you know, starting to now gather those little gems, you know, of of what has been working and um, the unexpected, you know, things that, that happened that were, were good things. Right.
1: Yeah. And through my virtual check-ins, I've been able to talk to a lot of the librarians about that, like little things, little, little gems and stuff like that. And I think despite all this, all the just uh terribleness of what we've been going through and how hard it's been on especially the people on campus um you know I think it's it's exciting that they've been able to find some positive from that Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: because that's hard sometimes to find positive in this really
0: really negative that that has been this first semester yeah and I'm, I'm curious about um principals like are you hearing any conversations with principals about the changes that maybe they're possibly seeing with the libraries or just the kind of support they're getting um i have not i don't i don't have a whole lot
1: of connection with principals on a regular on a regular basis to know that so i I really haven't i know they're you know up to their eyeballs in the in the craziness on their their campus as well so sometimes I think if
0: I'm not hearing from them that's a good thing (laughs) that's true true, definitely all right okay so when if our listeners who are um, you know they're they're early on in their career and they want to start thinking about um, the changes that are happening and things are going to take away with them um, what what kind of tips do you have for them as they're starting to to look back at how how this year has gone um, I would say,
1: you know, really reflect on like what happened in the spring. If you were a librarian in the spring, and I know we, we might have some who are first year and they were still in the classroom, but look back on this the spring, what you did as a librarian, or maybe if you weren't a librarian then what did, what was your librarian doing on campus, you know, look at, consider those connections that were made Um, with the teachers any new opportunities that you had to work with students in a different way Mm -hmm. and ask yourself how you can continue that work uh, you know once we're out of that pandemic so just I think a big reflection time and I I do love what you said about that conversation I I mean that I that gets my wheel spinning on some type of a you know bigs statewide something I don't know where we're all talking with each other yeah. you know some type of a, a organized discussion um with librarians Hey, this worked this didn't work um and moving and moving forward mm-hmm. you know so reflect on that and then you know get with that network of librarians and talk about it that could be a great just round table discussion you know go go out you know after work one night and Everyone share one thing that worked or, you know, make it, make it collaborative or, well, can't do too many people because of COVID, but, <laughs> <Okay>. you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I, every time I see the word reflect or hear it, I, I flash back to AASL last year and, and Dr. Adolph Brown was one of the keynotes, but he had the saying that a reflective librarian is an effective librarian. And it was so true as we listened to him because, you know, we, we need to identify the things that worked you know, keep those going, identify things that didn't work. Do they need to be dropped um, or tweaked? You know, what's going to make it, what's going to make it better. But I, I, it's just a saying that's really stuck with me. Um, Just that value. And so often I don't know that we necessarily take time to reflect, you know, I agree. charging forward.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I love that. I love that statement. And I agree because I, I even find that in my own work, we get so busy just day to day, just trying to stay ahead. Yeah. And think about the next thing that's coming, you know, so for librarians, okay, what am I doing next week with second grade, you know, when I see them or yeah. you know, what's happening after the break in January. I mean, we get so caught up in, you know, the next thing that I, I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people in general, just educators in general, have struggled to reflect a whole lot just because of time.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it really is key to learning, for sure. All for right. sure. All right, well, Stacey, you've shared so many different ideas with us today. Um, let's talk a little bit about how you come up with these ideas, like where do you keep being fed from? How, where do you learn?
1: Well, I, I say, I think probably one of the biggest places I learn from are my network of library administrators. This just kind of a core group um, of library coordinators and directors in this area. And we meet once a month and, you know, I just soak in everything that they say um, you know, and can share things I'm working on. And it, that's just been invaluable to me. I, I think there, I think sometimes that I get more out of that than I do out of some conferences yeah. and going to. Um, but what's nice about conferences, and I, and, and I love TLA and I love TCA and I have not been to ASL before, um, would love to go. I've just never had the opportunity. Mm-hmm. But I think what's nice about those conferences when, is if you can go, it forces you to kind of stop and think.
0: Sure. And it
1: does give you that time for reflection. So I think that there's a lot to be said for dedicating time to attending uh, attending conferences, workshops and webinars too. But if you can get away, once we start having the face-to-face conferences again, being able to get away out of your normal routine is a really nice way to reflect. And you meet people and hear from great leaders. Like you talked about just then with the the comment on reflection
0: yeah yeah so let, let me t- ask you real quick about that network in your area was that a grassroots thing that just started up or is there somebody that like a
1: school? It yeah it's been around so it's called the it's the north texas area library directors okay. and it started years ago so when i was in the di- when i was first a district librarian in that small district it was already going. And I think just some directors from this area, library directors had started it and mm-hmm. we now meet, um, so it's been going ever since then. And we meet once a month and for like an hour and a half and well, a little bit longer right now, they're like an hour, hour and a half cause we're doing virtual. Yeah. But when we do face to face, it'll be, you know, two, two and a half hours and it's just time just to talk mm-hmm. and share and anyone can add to the agenda what they want to do. And it's just, it's, an, it's invaluable for me as a library administrator
0: do y'all take turns before the pandemic do y'all take turns hosting it or like we're yes yes
1: Yes. yeah we would yeah in fact I'm hosting the the January one even though it's going to be virtual (laughs) I'm still I'm still hosting it but yeah we would just go around to different the different districts in the area whoever wanted to host it okay it's wonderful. So I, I just can't say enough about getting a network of librarians, whatever role you're in, yeah. getting yep. a network of, of fellow librarians in your same role mm-hmm. to just grow and learn with mm-hmm. and to be able to be vulnerable with is probably a really important thing to, yeah. again, librarians want to be all things to all people, but you know, a, a great, a, a place to be able to go, uh, okay, I don't have a clue what I'm doing. Right. Please someone... You know, I did this and I totally failed. What should I have done differently? You know, and just learn. I think that's just yeah. just so much value in that.
0: Early on, when this podcast started, um, I interviewed Renee Dyer. I don't know if you know her, um, but she mm-hmm. he talked about the idea, um, you know, where the librarians do need a mentor. But she had someone had called them owls, older, wiser librarians, which I thought <sighs> was cute. But i seeing that same kind of thing in the network you're talking about, you know, the people that have been those administrators for years and are having all this wisdom and experience to, to share and pass on. Yeah. Um, and then the new people coming in with fresh ideas, <laughs> which is right. Awesome. Yeah. Well, and then you get this
1: wonderful mix of the new, the new ideas with the more seasoned you know, seasoned examples, and you know, just because you're you're older doesn't mean that you don't have great ideas. You just have a level of wisdom, yes, that you don't have those first couple of years. You've you've solidified. I really think with librarians, it takes a solid three to four, maybe even five years to kind of solidify what you really believe as a librarian, like what is really important to you as a librarian. Um, and I think a lot of that is shaped by the people who surround you and the people you're, you know, that you're surrounding yourself with. Mm -hmm. And uh, those older, wiser librarians, (laughs) I do love that, have a lot
0: of wisdom. They do, for sure. All right. Well, Stacy, one of my goals with the podcast is to help people build up their um, professional learning network. And a lot lot of times that's done through social media. Uh, But so where can our listeners find you online if they want to connect?
1: So my professional um, account on Twitter is at Stacey Cam, S-T-A-C-Y-C-A-M. Um, I use Facebook and Instagram for just personal, um, you know, so Twitter is purely professional. So if they want to
0: reach out via Twitter, that's the perfect place to go. Great. All right. Well, thanks so much for your time today. I enjoyed talking to you and getting to know you a little bit more. Um, and I look forward to, to learning even more from you as I follow you online. So you take care and have a great day. Thank you. I enjoyed it.